Father, we thank you again for another wonderful opportunity to come together to worship and praise you. We want you to be with us in all of our trials and tribulations, whether they're technical difficulties, whether they're illnesses and pains that we suffer. Be with us and give us your comfort and strength and knowledge that you've always been with us. You were there in the beginning. You're with us now and you will be with us till the end. Thank you for that. What a great, great, great sense of confidence that gives us. Because in Jesus' name and his name, amen. Peace. strong. 
always have to have at least one message about giving thanks um, as you approach the holiday. Um, and so I started working on something. I started putting something together. I don't know I would have put together what I have um, if I didn't put together some shit this morning. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, I'm going to put it down to uh, a consonance that God has brought, but I certainly don't want you to think uh, that what I'm bringing is uh, somehow designed to piggyback off of, uh, off of what you shared. Um, but piggybacking off of what you shared, um, Trials of various kinds. <laughs> Count it all 
this day. I want to uh, I want to take a few minutes this morning to share with you why I am thankful for my divorce. Ooh, it's just got real quiet. Now, now I don't mean I don't mean thankful in the way that that sounds, because clearly I hope clearly that is not not the case. But I'm thankful for my divorce in a biblical sort of way. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So, count it all joy, but be thankful in every circumstance. Count it all joy when you go through bad stuff because God will bring good so, as much as um, I will forever um, be heartbroken over over having gone through divorce, and um, you know, I'm sure there will be ramifications of that that you know I will be completely unaware for years. I can still, from where I am now, look back on that, and I can give thanks because I can see what God did. So, for instance, I am thankful because in the process of going through the divorce, it clarified the degree to which I was not, but needed to be, reliant on God. I mean, I was living my life. I was, as the kids say, as far as I knew, living my best life. And then, BAM! Not living my best life. And then I thought... Up until that point, I thought I was pretty reliant on God. You know, I, I thought that, um, you know, he and I were like this, and I was trusting in him, and I was living life with him, and I was, but I was not reliant on him. Until there came a moment when I needed God just Thank you. 
And there came a point when I had to decide, is God a big chunk? And I am even bigger one. Has God hung me out to dry? And can I no longer rely on him? Or am I a person, am I going to be a person who is going to look at my circumstance and say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how to get through. I don't know how this turns out, but I trust. I trust that he is with me every step of the way. And whatever happens tomorrow, and whatever happens the next day, and whatever happens three minutes from now, God is good. And I became that kind of person. Because the only other option was to totally reject God, in all the goodness he displayed in my life up to that point. And so regardless of circumstance, I had to be thankful for God. And I had to trust. And I had to have faith, even though I couldn't see. Because trusting in him that I can't see is sort of the essence of faith. It clarified for me what was and was not it's not like, you know, in the course of my life, I sort of had a list that I kept tacked to the wall, kind of like the stuff in my life and their degree of importance. I think I made one at that point. And I think at that point, I decided, you know, what is truly important in my life? What is it that truly matters? And my priorities sort of adjusted. particularly became very concrete for me at the point where I realized my children, my sons, who I had been stay-at-home dad to for their entire lives, me and my dudes had hung out together every single day. And, like, the school they went to had no bus service. So every morning of their entire school lives, I got up and I got them ready for school. And then at the end of the day, I drove back and I picked them up and I brought them home. And from the time they came home to the time they went to bed, I was there. And I was losing my guys. That was, that was, that was rock bottom. That was, out of the whole situation, that was the thing that I was like, this is going to kill me. I cannot overcome this loss.
can still be a good dad. And I realized in that moment there are things that are important and there are, there are other things that are just seem important. There's other things that seem to be priority. There's other things that seem to be urgent, but priority and urgent are not the same as importance. And in the course of that, I learned that. So for two years, I wasn't bearing it by myself anymore, but still sort of felt like it because other than him, nobody, I had nobody to pray for me because nobody knew. And then there came a point where, where we told the elders, and I come into this meeting, and he's like, okay, this is going to happen. We need to let the elders know. And I come into this meeting with the elders, 
not going to cry.
next time you run up against something, it's a little easier to deal with because you're stronger for what you've already been through. And in the course of going through your thing, you might be, in fact, being prepared for somewhere down the road when you will have the opportunity to help somebody do the same thing in mankind. Stop. 
there's a tendency when we're going through hard times, whatever they may be, and hard times are sliding scale. Just because your hard time might not measure up to my hard time on a scale together, does not mean your hard time is not hard. If it's the hardest thing you've ever gone through, it is the hardest thing you've ever gone through. And when we're going through those moments, sometimes we get this mantra going, and it's genius, and it's wisdom, and it probably aligns with something in the scripture, but I can't find a scriptural basis for it at the moment off the top of my head. But we get this mantra going, I myself did it, just Just keep swimming. Just keep moving forward because I know in the moment that I stop moving forward, the weight and enormity of what I'm going through will crush me completely. So I'm just going to keep moving forward. And I'm just going to keep moving forward. But the problem is, once we get through whatever it is, we want to just keep moving forward. I'm free. I'm clear. I'm out. I am not going to look back. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And it's good, it's right, it's understandable. But there comes a point when it's incumbent upon us, it's necessary that we turn around and look at what we've been through and take stock and ask ourselves, what did I learn? How am I different? How did God transform me because of that situation I just went through? How is my relationship with God different? How is my relationship with other people different because of what I've been through? Because if you go through something that you thought was going to break you, and you come out alive and well on the other side, and you can look back and you can say, God brought something good out of this, it was not wasted. But if you come through it and you just keep moving on, and you never take the time to take stock, you never take the time to ask, what was God doing with me in that moment? It's all been a waste.
want to, I pray that you would bring us to a place where we can look at what we're in, what we've been through.